Welcome to Heroes of Tomorrow, a podcast from EPA Switzerland. Today I will take you to Austria to meet our guest Harald Grundl. He has several heads. He is working as a designer with the company EOS Design Studio since 25 years and managing the social enterprise EOS Next, collecting all the social and sustainable projects he did with his team the last 10 years. On the non-profit side, he is the director of the Institute of Design Research of Vienna. Let's listen to his statement, how he sees the designer's role in industry and what he thinks about today and the future. What I do think for myself as a designer is to rethink my role in industry. You know, you learn your business in the university and then there is a kind of ecosystem around you that makes you think that design is this and that. And I think for having a positive future, there are some misconceptions about what designers do. What designers can do to change the system is that they ask for more informed decisions so that we are not okay if ever anyone says it's 100% recyclable. Most of the time, and not informed information. And we, we should help to, to re-question these kind of claims and help to collect more information and help to get more people into a project which can help out. Sometimes it's also to educate maybe your clients so, for example, the biggest footprint of a lighting fixture is, of course, if you do a life cycle assessment, is the usage stage. What means usually that development departments could say, it's not us that create this footprint, it's the people who is just turning on the, the light. But if you give the users the information that they can reduce the footprint of their product by 90% using green uh, power, then they are part of the solution. And this is what I mean. So in the development process, of course, we have this 10% left in the life cycle that we can design or change, make better. But if we take the users into the whole system, try to make them partner in this effort to have a greener future, then it works. But then you have to rethink your advertisement, your communication strategy, being responsible even 20 years later for this piece of steel, aluminum and plastic that's, that's in the ceiling. What I see is that we reach circularity only when we change business models. I think that's the hardest thing for companies to rethink their business models. It's easy to replace uh, plastic with something which is better and easier to recycle and has a, already a high recycling content during production. This can be done easily or not. But to change the business model for circular systems is a big thing, you know. 
and if there is no financial benefit, it's even harder. If you just think for the next five years, it's quite difficult to, to take decisions for long-term business model change. I cannot imagine circular economy just being a linear transition, you know, just removing one material to the other. It's something which is really in organizing society, organizing our business responsibility for future generations. I don't want to have a new nice circular product. Of course, I'm, I'm doing this and I'm trying hard to make it happen. But I really want to be part of this transition. I want to change the system. We have three different um, headlines. And under these headlines, we have, of course, certain topics. From the design relevance, it's, of course, circular design is, is something which in terms of maintenance, remanufacturing, disassembly, you know, all these topics we know um, should be, of course, part of a development project. There is a certain factor, and I learned this from the cradle-to-cradle -cradle certification, which is all on the, on the material sourcing. So that means the amount of recycled material content and the possibility to later recycle, but also the material health factor is very important because this is usually you don't look at it. You know, if, if a supplier is just selling you something, you think, okay, it should be okay because it's allowed to be sold. Uh, <clears throat> but if we think in, in a circular economy, of course, we don't want to mix for example, plastic where you have flame retardants in it and make children uh, toys out of it. So I think this, this totally needs to, to be rethought. And, and this, is a, this is a topic which targets your relation to suppliers. And to rethink a factory where not things go out, but things go in, this is a challenge. Even for things which are low cost, we need to find a way to remanufacture them. It's stupid if we can remanufacture only expensive things. I think that's a, a, a topic for politics to, to stop giving the possibility to companies to externalize environmental costs. It needs to be internalized. And we should not have waste in, in, in the future. I think one of the major currencies today is not money, but credibility. Giving people the feeling that you're doing the right thing and that you do the right things right now creates credibility, which will be a success factor for the future. There is a young generation of super committed people not just let them do the right things, but just put them on the, on the stage. And you just need to give them the feeling that you and the top management are value their efforts. And making these pioneers visible in a company would change the company very fast. The, <clears throat> I heard a couple of, um, 
examples from managers which said, you know, I was listening to my children. And this made me change the way I'm doing my business. I think this is a super nice explanation. Listen to your children. Thank you so much for listening to this fifth episode and special thanks to Harald Rundel. Please join us in two weeks. On our last episode of this first series of Heroes of Tomorrow, I am going to introduce you someone who has a strong vision towards innovations for the fashion industry. You have been listening to the EPA Switzerland podcast, hosted and edited by me, Patricia Vega, sound design and mixing by Bezer Music. <laughs>